Good evening. Welcome into the Ulan Inquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, live at Huntington Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where we saw one of those games, Joey, that we'll remember forever. Uh, there are certain games like I'm like, oh, I don't remember that game looking through some of uh, the old record books and everything. But this is what we will remember forever, because from the jaws of defeat, Illinois football finds a victory fourth and 11. They're down five points with about a minute remaining. John Paddock, the backup, comes in cold and leads Illinois on a three passes in a row, 85 yards, including a 46-yard game-winning touchdown to Isaiah Williams. Unbelievable uh, what just happened, Joey. Um, all I could think of in, in that moment was Illinois had to be thinking at the time, glad I called that guy at the end. But there are so many things. Caden Fagan, 148 total yards. Isaiah Williams bouncing back from a fumble to have 131 yards, two touchdowns, 13 receptions. Johnny Newton's value was seen today. The defense was phenomenal in the second half. But uh, what a win for Illinois and one that keeps those faint bowl hopes alive. Yeah, they needed that in a big way. Um, we came into it, it was pretty obvious what Illinois needed to do. They got to win three or four to go to a bowl game. This felt like one of them, right? Because you play at Iowa, that's a tough place. And it felt like this was one you had to get. And fourth and 11, I don't know how many people realistically thought this was going to be the one with under, I think it's like a minute and a half left, no timeouts. I don't know that it backed up at the 15, I think is what it was. I don't know that a lot of people thought this was going to be that. A credit to John Paddock, man, to step into that moment. What a what a an awkward spot to be thrown into. Fourth and eleven, where the season is, where the season is, where the game is at the time, the time score situation coming in cold. Uh, heck, they there was a point that we thought Luke Altmaier was going to come back out, and and it just happened very very quickly, and he came in and huge huge win for Illinois, keeps those bull hopes alive, and that's what you need at this time of the year. Share what Isaiah Williams told you about John Paddock. Yeah, I asked him because he, he had said kind of, you know, he, he paraphrased him a little bit. I said, well, was that a paraphrase? Like, do you remember the first thing he said to you when he came into the huddle? And Isaiah's quote was, I don't remember much of what he said. I remember how he made me feel, though. He made me feel confident. I mean, that's all you want in a backup quarterback, to go in there and not be shaking or trembling or, or whatever the case is. He, John Paddock went in there and led that thing like he had he played the first, you know, 50 minutes of that game. Yeah. What what a moment for John Paddock, who came here to try and compete at the highest level for Illinois. For people that don't know, his great-grandfather, Robert Wright, played at Illinois 1935. His grandfather, John Wright Sr., lettered Illinois, uh, was a two-time All-American. His uncle, John Wright Jr., played at Illinois in 1990-91. Uh, Illinois means a lot to him, and he transferred from Ball State, where he was a starter, to have a chance to play. And he didn't win the job. And I don't think we need to talk about starting. Is there a quarterback controversy here? Because Luke Altmaier was really instrumental to Illinois winning this game. We'll see if he's healthy enough to play next week. But if this is if this is it for John, if this is his impact, what an impact! Like he, he made all. he made like a lifetime memory uh, that he was good enough. He was good enough at the highest level of college football to lead his team and to lead. Illinois, a place that means so much to his family, to a victory. What, what an accomplishment for, for John Paddock, and he will now go down in Illinois lore. I don't know what the rest of the season looks like, but everyone will remember John Paddock coming in fourth and 11, and he completes three straight passes. Isaiah Williams on fourth and 11. Pat Ryan. Rope, by the way, that first pass to Isaiah Williams was on a rope. 
Pat Bryant, huge gain. They got across midfield. And I looked at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something happening here. And then the, the touchdown over the linebacker, over Tyler Newbin. Um, listen, there was a Minnesota collapse in here as well. Uh, th- th- this was a team that had a chance to win. Illinois handed it to them with the Isaiah Williams uh, fumble. And then obviously the, the Luke Altmaier interception. They took from the jaws of victory and found a loss. They so, went full Illinois against Wisconsin. And Minnesota's had a lot of these, right? But it takes a team to make plays. And Illinois, unlike against Wisconsin, made the plays they needed to on that final drive. And we'll get into the defense, Joey. What a phenomenal second half for them. So, uh, But I just felt so great for John Paddock to have that well, moment. Let's build on that. Like, they made the plays in the fourth quarter. Like, think about all the times. We don't have to rehash it all. It's all pretty clear. Like, all the times this year they didn't make those fourth quarter plays. And you felt like, ugh. And not even just this year. You can go back. There, there's been times in the last two years it's just like, ugh, when are they going to – when are they going to get over that fourth quarter hump and make those plays where you win this thing? And it happened here. And like, I wonder what kind of carryover effect that can have to just to see it happen, to feel it happen, to be a part of that, to, to know that they can, I go back. If maybe you remember this, Jeremy, um, stay with me for a second. Virginia, Virginia, 21, Brett Bielema talked about a play that there was like hesitation, right? And he said, we've got to get these guys where they don't like, they feel like they can do it. I'm paraphrasing him a little bit, but like you've got to coach into them. Like they can do these things. They, they yes. just have that success and not be hesitant or timid or, or whatever the case, whatever the words is that they, they can go over and do that. Like today felt like maybe it could be a, like a kick. So I don't know. I don't know. Right. But it felt like it could be a kickstart to see it, feel it and to do it. Well, and I think over these last three games, I want to get into more of this later on, Joey, they believe. I hate to go Ted Lasso on everybody, but they believe. Like they, they believe that they are still a, a good team. And I think the last three games, we've seen a good team. I know they lost to Wisconsin, but these last three games, uh, they have played very, very well. And if they play this way uh, over the last three games, I think they'll get to a bowl game. I think they'll win at least two of the final three. And given the opponents you have, given the Big Ten, um, you have a chance to get to a bowl game. So just a monstrous win. We'll get into more of it. We'll get to your chats, super chats. We love those as always, guys. If you want to send us a super chat, we'll definitely get to those questions, and we'll try to get to as many questions as possible and get you guys involved in here. Uh, I want to talk a lot about the defense. I want to talk about the freshman sensation that Illinois has. But first, let's hear a little bit uh, from Brett Bielma after the game. Um, Minnesota PJ is a good football team. New coming over here, they're at top of the Big Ten West for a reason. They've won a couple games here in a row and done some good things. But I thought this was a team we matched up well against. I really like it coming into the week. I thought our guys have, you know, put a good week of practice. The bye week, we we kind of turned the page, and it's kind of funny, right? So like, um, whenever we have people around the program, maybe that aren't around us all the time, uh, scouts that come in, NFL people, uh, visitors, maybe outside administration, they come by and they're like. Coach, I can't believe the way your guys, uh, you know, go about things, the way they practice. And you kind of just take note of it. But on Wednesday, uh, an NFL guy that I've known for 20 years, um, he was uh, in the hallway uh, around our guys, in and out of meetings, went out to practice, and he, he grabbed me and he said, hey, I know you don't have the year that you, that you maybe necessarily want. He goes, but I can just tell you from every person I talk to, uh, every staffer I work with from watching you guys practice, you have something here that's really good, you know, and I just want you to know that, right? And I, I think this was a great example of that. Um, last night, I literally showed him the Northwestern game. I try to show him things during the course of the week, and I, 
I wanted them to know sometimes it doesn't always go as scripted. You just got to be resilient. So I showed them uh, the fourth quarter against Northwestern where they're down 21 points and how they made defensive stops and how their offense made plays and they tied it up at the end and ended up winning in overtime. But uh, you literally heard our guys talking about that uh, on that last series uh, before John went in and after John went in and just uh, a credible amount of resiliency, I'd say, for two people, John Paddock, um, you know, just to, to put himself in that position. Uh, earlier this year when he got in a game, it was kind of out of control and wasn't a great situation to come into. I said, hey, what we just learned is, you know, when your moment comes, you're going to be that much more prepared. I don't know if it's going to be this week, next week. I said, or, or the last half of the season, your moment's going to come, and I have a pretty good confidence value that you're going to be prepared, and that's exactly what uh, happened there. I didn't think it was going to be fourth and ten, uh, uh, backed up uh, on the enemy territory with no timeouts and under a minute. But uh, that's John Tuati and then Isaiah Williams for you guys that know him, like uh, 13 catches, 130 yards, you know, when that ball went on the ground. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, my gosh, I literally didn't say anything to him because I knew he would take care of himself, right? Like he just continues to impress me on a daily basis, who he is, what he stands for, and what he represents. That That play was created before the day ever started today. He, he, he's just got that kind of, uh, of ability and pretty awesome to be around. So, This episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash and get on your way to being your best self. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you and that therapist don't mesh, you can switch your therapist at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend again and give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good stuff from Brett Bielma. You can see the whole video later on on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, so we'll get to your questions here coming up, Joey. But um, just what what a, what a win for this season. We knew they needed to win this game to have a chance at a bowl. And now you're looking at Indiana, who, who's been plucky, and they, and they beat Wisconsin today. That's not a given win. Uh, Iowa is atop the Big Ten West because they are Iowa, uh, even though they ugly it up. It's going to be an ugly game. It might be 7-7. Three to three going into the fourth quarter uh, against Illinois. Uh, Northwestern obviously gave Iowa a game. They've, they've been playing really, really well. So 
this is this isn't going to be easy to get to a bowl game. But I just think the way this team has played the last three games, if they do this, they're going to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter, and then. The margin of victory and loss in the Big Ten outside of the top three teams, it's so, so small. But the fact that Illinois was able to overcome three turnovers and find a way to win. But I thought they outplayed Minnesota for most of this game. So I think they've outplayed their opponents for most of the last three games. That's encouraging uh, for the rest of this season and for this program moving forward. Yeah, they've just not been able to string those full ones together. And it feels like the mistakes have just come at just brutal times. It felt like that again today, right? The interception, the fumble, it felt like, oh my gosh, they're going to do this again. Obviously, the tenor of everything is a lot different if they lose this game and they're looking at three and six and it's like, oh my gosh, I, it's a tough one. And it feels like there's maybe it's a little juice right now uh, for them. And combined, you're right. They've been playing good football. They've been playing pretty good, not complete, and I understand what happened against Minnesota or against Wisconsin, but they've shown more flashes of good. That's the best way to put it. They've shown more flashes of good football in the last three weeks, I think, than anything we saw from them in the first six. And that is encouraging to happen and to see happen in the month of November. I know this is a very, very small, like there's a low bar. Ono's offense has scored 20 plus points in three straight games. They, they are throwing the ball well. They almost threw for 300 yards today. Against a Minnesota defense, it's pretty good. Uh, they were able to run the ball well with, with Caden Fagan. Uh, I think we should give a shout-out to Barry Loney. I thought he had a really good day today. The only the only drive I really had a huge issue with was when you were first and five after an offsides and you're not able to get a first down and you didn't give Caden Fagan the ball. But he has found a balance here. They have found an identity, Joey. After six weeks of talking about what is our identity, it's running the football on first and second down with Caden Fagan and setting up, you know, manageable third downs. I mean, how many long drives you saw from Illinois today? They had some explosive plays with Caden. Uh, we can talk about that play coming up. Um, but they had some explosive plays. But just being able to sustain drives, especially early on in that game, was huge. And, of, of course, Ryan Mead forcing a fumble on the opening kickoff helps the offense as well. But this offense has found something uh, with that mix of Caden Fagan and, and Luke Altmaier in this passing attack. Yeah, they, they sustained a few more. You, you would have liked to see a little bit more there in that third quarter after the touchdown. But the opening drive the opening drive after the fumbles, you mentioned those three plays, 20 yards, efficient touchdown, 14 plays, 12 plays. And then it kind of it stalled out a little bit there. They still scored on one five. So you've seen them sustain a little bit more. But running the ball, man, like that's that's what we thought was missing from this team because they just the time and score in those early weeks didn't dictate them to be able to run. And you felt that. You you felt them be out of character for who they were, whether it was, you know, putting a spotlight on the offensive line shortcomings. There were plenty of those or the receiver shortcomings like that stem from not being able to run the ball. So seeing them get back to that, we know that's what Brett Bielma wants to do. Shout out to Caden Fagan for, I mean, your stats are up there, right? 148 yards and touchdown. Their backup running back was Nick Fidanzo who had bounced from defense to offense and everywhere in between. Uh, then it was Matthew Bobak, a defensive like Caden Fagan had to be effective today because there were not there weren't other buttons that the did, coaching did, staff could have pressed. Did Fidanzo play a snap? He played a snap and it was a pass play. He never took a carry. Um, right. I was gonna say play I, a snap. I think the only time other than that that Fagan came off the field, it felt like was when they went Isaiah Williams in the backfield and went five receivers and they went motioned mm -hmm. Isaiah out. He barely got any he barely got any rest. And I, I didn't notice him struggling in pass protection. I'll have to go back and watch the film. But what a performance by Caden Fagan. I, I think you asked the question to me, Joey, midway through the game, uh, who would be the offensive freshman of the year in the Big Ten? 
It would have been Darius Taylor of Minnesota, but he's been hurt. Caden Fagan is making that push. 360 yards in the last three games with three touchdowns. Um, he's looking like Braylon Allen right now. Like Illinois has the workhorse uh, for the next few years. Um, but most importantly, he's given them the identity again. Like if you can add somebody that can, if Reggie Love can get healthy. Uh, Aiden Lawfrey, by the way, uh, had surgery, meniscal tear, Brett Bielma said out for at least three to four weeks, which would basically be the season, uh, unless he comes back for the bowl game, but I would doubt that. They need Reggie Love to come back to give Gaden Fagan a little bit of a spell, maybe add a, another piece for you, but Fagan just carrying this load the last three weeks, and it's gone really well for the Illinois offense. Yeah, there's a reason that when Brett Bielma got to his office for the first time within a week, he, he's making a push for this kid, and you're seeing why. You're seeing why a lot of people wanted him. He's deceptively fast. He's a big guy, and I think a lot of people, because most of his yards are those five-yard tumble for, like they, I think they kind of attribute that with a guy he doesn't have. He's not fast. He's not Chase Brown fast, right? But like he is faster than I think a lot of people probably get credit for. And that that catch down the sideline of the run for a touchdown, I kept thinking like he's not slow, but like it's not it feels fast. like somebody could catch him, and he <laughs> he broke away. Like he, he put some distance between them. Just a, a huge performance from a guy that we thought was going to be a fifth back coming into the season. Well, I think what happened is Tyler Newbin underestimated his speed. He's this big, lumbering guy that Tyler Newbin had missed a tackle on earlier, and Tyler Newbin's a phenomenal player. But he took a bad angle because he didn't think Fagan had that acceleration. Uh, he, he's got burst to him. Uh, his long speed, I, I said, what is it, 465? That's pretty fast for a 6'3", 225 guy. I don't know what it is, but – he was a really good track athlete, explosive. Uh, he's got that athleticism to him. So he's special, man. I, that, that's why four-star recruits matter, and it's why uh, Brett Bielma made him uh, such an important piece of, of that 2023 class. And you see those guys, Isaiah Williams, Caden Fagan, those, those top recruits. Uh, man, you can see that talent on display today. I want to – we got to bring up the defense, though, Joey. Before really, can we yeah. put a ball on the offense? Uh, we we kind of glossed over the Isaiah Williams five-minute swing of, of yeah. game time. That was huge. Like, that fumble should have felt like the end of the game for Illinois. And there's some time left, obviously, and, and clearly it wasn't the end. But Isaiah Williams bounced back. They went back to him immediately on the next drive. Obviously, the big touchdown at the end. And it didn't sound like anyone that we talked to was particularly surprised. But like Isaiah Williams, a very resilient kid. But that was a huge swing, and he had a huge game. 131 yards, two touchdowns, a pick-to-click hit. Uh, bold taking Isaiah Williams. But man, I guess what, we both won. Tip, Tip Ramey got a touchdown too. Yep, I won. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, well, what a huge uh, – just to, to bounce back from that play, the offense as a whole, to bounce back the defense, that's no, – don't overlook that. It was a huge, huge, huge swing, and it could have gone drastically the other way. I want to shout out the defense because it was getting torn apart in the first half and Johnny Newton not being on the field was an important part of that. I thought Bryce Barnes played great in that first half, like more than just the tackle for loss. I thought he was the most disruptive defensive lineman, but Johnny Newton comes back in the game after Luke Altmaier gets strip sacked, Joey, uh, and second down stop gets a you know, three yard run next play bends around the edge on a stunt as a defensive end and chases down quarterback, Ethan Kelly, like man, who's not the best athlete, but for Johnny Newton to do that, it, that's why he's a first-round draft pick. And maybe we should start talking about him as a top 15 potential draft pick the way he is playing. But then Seth Coleman, huge sack uh, on a third down. 
And that was because Johnny Newton drew a double team. Like it was just a completely different defense. Uh, another play I want to shout out was Clayton Bush's tackle for mm-hmm. loss. Just a monster play um, in the fourth quarter, forced a punt. Now that, that was right before the Isaiah Williams fumble, but just a huge play. And then Illinois, the defense gives their offense another chance. They, they force a punt. And then at the end of the game, 50 seconds left, you're saying, I know everyone's thinking, be so Illinois to take the lead and then lose on a game-winning field goal by by Minnesota. But the defense stepped up, Joey, and, and you can see the difference of if Johnny Newton would have been available at the end of the Wisconsin game, maybe that doesn't happen. I, I don't know if that's the only difference, but off, offenses have to account for him. The offensive lines, the quarterbacks have to. But the defense stepped up and was awesome in the second half. The numbers are, are ridiculous for the second half. 69 yards, uh, I believe. For for Minnesota in the second half, 2.4 yards per play, 1.8 yards per rush. And uh, Illinois had two sacks in that second half, one of those being Johnny Newton. The other one, while he's being double teamed, Seth Coleman uh, and Kenan Odaluga got him on the stunt. Like Aaron Henry's crew was awesome in the second half. The only points they gave up were after uh, turnovers in uh, Illinois territory. Yeah, after the first half, that left a lot to be desired. There were miscommunications in the secondary. They, I mean, they left Brevin Span Ford open. Like, you can't do that. You, you two can't bus. Do, two man broken coverage. coverages. And, it, and you saw it, right? You saw it pre-snap. There was a total miscommunication. They, they were struggling to figure that out. And they buckled down. Uh, like, that's the thing. Like, Johnny Newton makes a difference, a huge difference. Like, the incomplete passes on that final drive, Johnny Newton was in the face. Like, he, he was back there. But you got to give—I mean, you got to give credit all the way back. Like that, the second half defensive performance was like we've seen that at times this season, right? We've seen that kind of defense at times. So yeah, he does make a big, big impact, Johnny Newton. But you look at Keith Randolph, Clayton Bush, as you mentioned. Clayton Bush was was really good. And to be honest, it—I mean, he's been kind of in and out of the—he's not had consistent playing time. He and Nicario Harper have, have split it there, and that's. It's a huge defensive performance on the road against an offense that isn't going to wow anybody, but you still got to go out and do it and come over the the shortcomings you made in the first half, and they did. Yeah, Nicaro really struggles, but Clayton steps up. Uh, that that was huge for for those safeties. Keith Randolph six tackles today, half a tackle for a loss. Uh, he did not look a hundred percent, but he was battling, and he was. It was an part. ankle, by the way. Yeah. There's anyone wondering he was dealing with an ankle uh, for the last couple of weeks. Xavier Scott, Taz Nicholson, I thought played really well. I know Taz got the face mask penalty, but I thought those guys were really good. Um, Daniel Jackson got free for two two catches that end up hurting you, um, but. To hold him to just two catches was, was pretty good for those guys. Uh, and Ethan Kaliak Manis in the second half, Joey, two for 11. Two for 11 after going nine for 11 uh, in the first half. So a uh, big shout-out to the Illini defense for that one. Uh, anything else? Really, was this yeah. really a flip, a flip script flip from Illinois-Wisconsin a week ago? Like, it sure feels was. so parallel. Like, they're, they are the same picture, but Illinois was Wisconsin two weeks ago. and I just, It feels very similar to me. I had it written. We were talking with Brett Moore, the SID, after this game. He's like, oh, we can avoid, you know, having to say the fourth quarter against. That's what I had written. Second straight week, the fourth quarter failures uh, cost them a win. And again, they otherwise really played really well. So to get out of there with a victory just has to be a huge shot in the arm for these guys. Going into a three-game stretch that all of a sudden, Joey, like if they lose this, November's not really all that interesting unless you're a hardcore fan. Now it's really interesting. Shout out to the hardcore fans, by the way. That yeah, that's who's watching this. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. But yeah, like now people are going to be interested. Like Indiana's attendance might be boosted up a little bit. I know Dad Dad's Day is going to help with that. But you know, if you're going to Northwestern with six wins or five wins, boy, 
that game just became really interesting. Yeah, Indiana attendance also might be helped by the fact that this basketball game Friday night, you can make it a twofer. Uh, but yeah, they, I just think of, I mean, I'm, you know, I talk about it a lot and, you know, sit in the press box watching that and it's fourth and 11 and you think, what does this look like for the next three? Um, not, not good, right? I mean, not good at all. Huge, huge because the bull field's still on the table and the West probably doesn't. Northwestern could have made that a little, made the West a little more frisky down yeah. the stretch here. But I guess that's still there, right? And that's still on the table for as bad as that first half was. And none of this is, is hey, all is forgiven for the first half where you, you didn't beat a bad Nebraska team, Terrible. bad Purdue team. Like none of that blew the game against or blew the lead against Wisconsin. But it's, it's still something there. And part of that's a credit to where the Big Ten West is, but or it's a credit for a credit to Illinois for kind of riding this ship at late in October and figuring out a way here. We've seen seasons fall apart. I've seen season many seasons just fall apart after a bad start. Um, and, and maybe this has parallels to 2019, right? Like there's an improbable win like Michigan State. I would still say, like, I'm trying to think of like the 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 comeback wins that stand out most to me like Wisconsin that year Michigan State that year those are still probably higher for me because you had chances to win you were winning this game in the fourth quarter I thought you were out playing Minnesota but you just had these turnovers I mean Michigan State you were down what 20 something points Wisconsin you know they got Jonathan Taylor running the ball against you with the chance to to end the game and, and you find a way to win um, those two probably still stand out to me but this one this one ranks pretty high up there yeah, this this one's a little different because it, the last drive felt improbable, but yeah. Illinois winning didn't really feel that impro- improbable until that fourth and eleven, or until really Luke Altmaier was kind of not kind of he was on the turf, and you thought, oh boy, if he's gone, if he's out right now, what what's this look like? So that's what probably the difference is in my eyes is no one thought they were going to beat Michigan State and certainly Wisconsin, given where Wisconsin was coming into that game, but. For the most part in this game, you thought, yeah, Illinois probably ought to win this thing. Yeah. All right, let's get to some of our uh, chats here. Uh, we'll get to them. If you want to send in a super chat, we'll always get to those. Uh, but obviously, Illini fans should be pumped about this one. But uh, Cleet says, other than Newton, huge, both tackles, big, and maybe Casey Washington, who are we losing next year that we don't have uh, now or that we do have now? Um, obviously, we're losing a lot of seniors here. Julian Pearl has been really good this Isaiah year. Isaiah Adams. Isaiah Adams. Keith Randolph's potential, obviously. Isaiah Williams is a potential one. Obviously, by the way, Johnny Newton told me breaking news, Joey. This is his last year of college. Stunning, <laughs> stunning information. Uh, the, uh, the, the big decisions, the big decisions, obviously, are Seth Coleman, Isaiah Williams, Keith Randolph. I would imagine um, because those guys all have a sixth year of eligibility. If they want it, do they want it? Uh, what is their draft feedback? That's going to be really important for all those guys. Ezekiel Holmes, Tariq Barnes, Nicario Harper, Clayton Bush, uh, and Caleb Griffin are, are the other guys who are definitely gone. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for those guys, I, I talked to Johnny, like what it would mean just to end this year with wins. Like that guy cares about winning. Like he really cares about winning, not just upping his draft stock. And boy, he's having a huge impact on it. For those guys to potentially end their careers, getting to a bowl game, setting up the foundation of, hey, we make bowl games. Um, they really care about that in the last three games. Yeah, I want to actually also follow up. Brett Bielema on Thursday, or yeah, Thursday, had said he called Johnny Newton earlier in the week to let him know about his suspension status. And he said Johnny Newton was out of Buffalo Wild Wings with some younger players. 
um, you know, kind of, so I asked Johnny, I said, why, like, why do you do that? Like, you, you're going to be a top 20 pick, what, however it is. Why do that? And who is he with? He took Jeremiah Warren, Malik Elzey out to lunch, I'm assuming lunch, and like just spent time with him and let him know that he's still like accessible to them. And I think that's a really big thing to do when your best player, one of the best players in the country, kind of takes on that. And he said, I didn't really have that when mm-hmm. I was young. And I hope I can pass that down. So, yeah, this it's isn't just Johnny Newton boosting a PFF grade or putting this tape out there, all of which he's doing. Like, he really cares about helping turn this thing around and slowly and, you know, maybe surely we'll see how that plays out. But I thought that was a really telling thing. To It wasn't yeah. just two defensive linemen. Malik Elzey being in that mix was like, oh, man, you, you've got kind of a wide reach on, on this football team. Yeah, and if, if you're those guys, you're listening to Johnny Newton, future first-round draft pick millionaire. Uh, I think you'd be listening to that guy. That's huge for culture. I know we use that word a lot, but it's a huge buzzword. But like, it you see it, you see it when it's in place. Yeah, uh, a lot of times it's a buzzword, but things like that are when you can really see it and feel it and understand what they're talking about. Yeah, and you know, Brett Bielma could have made up the story about the NFL scout if he wanted to, but I, I don't think he was. I think, I think they do have a culture here, and I think that's coming through in these last three games where they played really well. Uh, I'm bringing up the Big Ten West standings, boys. It's ugly. Oh, good <laughs> I'm going to miss it. Pour one out. Pour one yeah. out for the Big Ten West. We'll have one tonight in, in the memory of the Big Ten West. Uh, we'll have a few. Robert says, winning out is very possible, but probably not likely. The kid is, is back. It, is it possible to actually win the West if we do win out? Yes. Uh, for you to win the West, you need to be 5-4. and four. You need to win out. You need Iowa to have – you need to beat Iowa, obviously, would be a part of that. And you need them to be five and four or lower. Uh, you'd need um, – and you'd probably need Minnesota to be close to you because you need Nebraska and Wisconsin to lose because you don't have a tiebreaker. So the, ma- the main point is you want to be five and four. got to win out, plus you need tiebreakers over these guys. So you want the teams to be tied with you to be Iowa and Minnesota because you would have wins over them. Uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin being in the mix, obviously you lost to them. Um, so that's the key. You, you're rooting for Minnesota the rest of the way, um, but you don't want them to win six games, right? Um, so you want five and fours, but you don't want Nebraska and Wisconsin to win. Did that make any sense? Uh, enough. I'm just going to – So root for Illinois to win. Start with, can we just start with Iowa? They've got yeah. Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. Kind of – Rutgers is a, an interesting bunch. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Nebraska could beat Iowa, <laughs> like, um, but it's just, can they score against them? Can they run over them? I think Rutgers would be the most likely. Yes. Uh, that I think Iowa's going to win. I, I think Iowa's going to win the West because it's hard to see them losing three games despite how terrible their offense is. How many points have they scored this season? <laughs> it's so I'm just, bad. I've already flash forwarded to Indianapolis, Iowa against one of Michigan and Ohio State. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Oh, goodness. But, oh like, Iowa might hang around. It'll be, like, 28 to 10 or 24 to 10. But it's going to be such a bad game. But, yeah, I, I, Illinois needs to win out, and they need Wisconsin and Nebraska to lose, and they need Iowa to only win five games. That's how, that's how they get there. Can we revisit this after the Iowa game? Yes. Because, well, it, after the Indiana game and Iowa game, you still need to beat Indiana. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do well with math. Yes, yes, right. Assuming they beat Indiana, we need to really, really revisit this going into the Northwestern game. Bobo, Brett Bielmo's 11 Big Ten wins through the first three seasons at Illinois, the most since Lou Tepper won 13 games in his first three seasons at Illinois. So, 
Yeah, man. Like he's winning more Big Ten games, and the, the key to that, Joey, is be in them. And that's what was so disappointing about Purdue. That's what's so disappointing about Nebraska. That's why I picked Illinois to go over, you know, six and a half, and they still could. But that's why I picked them because I, I just figured they'd be in all these games because that's what Brett Bielma does. And I thought with how bad the West was that they would be over that. We've seen that team the last three games. They've given them a, a chance to win every game. And they figured out a way to win against Maryland late. They didn't against Wisconsin. They did against Minnesota. Like, that's what the Big Ten outside of the top three teams is. And, and this back half of the season, we've seen that. We've seen them compete and give themselves a chance to win. And that's just who makes plays. It's, it's very fun to, to – like, right? Like, the Big Ten, it's – at this point going through, I don't – Every game feels like, I don't know, it's going to be a seven-point game, and it's probably going to be a fourth-quarter game. And Brett Bielema's got it. You know, his team seems to, today, got through it. But it is – there's very, very little margin for error uh, when you're in this pool of Big yeah. Ten teams. And Aaron says, beat the two teams you absolutely need to beat and salvage a bowl game. Yeah, I don't I mean, disagree it, with that at all. Yeah. Illinois, at this point, should be able to beat Northwestern under an interim coach. He's done a great job. And Indiana which has won three Big Ten games in the last two years, one of them being against you in a game you absolutely blew, even though you outplayed them. Yeah, Illinois needs to be able to win those. I don't know if they do, but they could also win in Iowa. But, yes, that's where you want to be as a program. And I think the way, if they play the way they played the last three weeks, I think they should win those games, Joey. Because, like, Iowa might be eking out these victories, which is a kudos to them, I guess. But Illinois' offense is better. Right, like they got an explosive offense. They got a dude in Caden Fagan. I think Luke Altmeyer is the best quarterback in the Big Ten West, even though he's got his faults. Um, and Isaiah Williams is maybe the second or third best wide receiver in the Big Ten. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, and this isn't a short answer, so it's probably best served for later on. But why are they playing better, Jeremy, in the last three games? This is, I mean, I to me, it's you found a running back who can yes, kind of running the way. They're the running offensive the line is playing better. And today really isn't the best of taking care of the ball, but you're kind of playing your brand. You're, you're playing your identity. It sounds so simple and, and like a, a cop-out, but I feel like that's honestly what it is. You're able to run the ball, and you can just be who you are a little bit more. Barry Loney can call plays the way he wants to play. Is it perfect? No. But look across the rest of the Big Ten. What, what you've done the last three weeks of scoring, you know, 27. 21, 27. Like, yeah, you wanted another one against Wisconsin. You missed some opportunities today. Like, the tunnel screen to Casey Washington was a phenomenal play call. It just wasn't executed. You score that touchdown, it wouldn't even probably been a game at the end. So I thought he was really good. I think being able to run the ball on first and second down or even get some of those chip shots to, to Pat Bryan and to Casey Washington, like they were able to get some of those four or five-yard gains on these early downs. Uh, it's not surprising that some of their best performances – have been when they've been able to run the ball. And then, listen, they had 74 yards today, but Caden Fagan, uh, I, I would include a screen kind of in that kind of run game. But those quick hitters, those are hitting a little bit better. And then, and then you get your explosive plays off of that. So I think that's the biggest key because I think the defense is kind of playing the way it has since Kansas, good enough to, to keep you in games. And, you know, they, they make some big plays, but just the offense's ability to sustain some drives uh, and get first downs. Uh, to set up some explosive plays uh, later on in drives. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. This yeah. the, the defense has had moments we where it's like, ugh, first half today, ugh. But you've seen 
not necessarily linear growth, but like you have seen stretches where that defense has been very good. And mm-hmm. it's just early on in the season, it was masked or covered up by an offense that was terrible, that turned it over, put them in a ter- bad spot. But when they're able to play a little more complimentary, you kind of see see the vision that they lay out for not just in particular this season, just a vision for what Brett Bielman and this coaching staff want their teams to be. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Alana Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Home Field Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org dan says altmeyer looked really good before that pick yeah agreed agree i there's still sometimes like i think he holds on to the ball a little bit too long but i, I gotta go back and watch the film like and the problem is i don't see the separation uh unless i'm watching that live which is still not great but yeah, he was great in the first half, Joey. I mean, he was almost perfect, right? Until they missed the screen pass to Isaiah Williams. Um, and, and he's got a uh, yeah, was it Casey? Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a screen pass. Well, you're talking about the tunnel screen, but there was a little screen pass. He was like eight for oh, that's nine. Right. right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry. He he was eight for nine at that point and just had to, to get a little screen pass to Isaiah Williams that would have set up like a seven or eight yard gain. Um, but he's he's a playmaker, man. His legs didn't use that as much today. Minnesota seemed worried about that, but he was throwing some dimes early in that game, and second half it slowed down a little bit. And, yeah, he just got aggressive. He was trying to make a play, and mm-hmm. you don't get aggressive against Tyler Newbin back there. Yeah. And you're still seeing a, a, a relatively inexperienced quarterback figure out, and I know a lot of people have mentioned it, they're right, figure out his mental clock, Yeah, when to get rid of the ball, when to take some singles, which I thought you saw him take a few more singles today, which is what we've been talking about. But it's, it's part of the experience, right? Like it's part of the learning curve we thought was going to be the case. I hate to give him credit for it, but the one thing that's getting better is when he does take sacks, some of them are now for only two yards. Like he's stepping up in the yeah. pocket to get sacked. <laughs> like that, that can make a difference uh, in, in a drive. But I do want to shout uh, – John Paddock, 
I went back and watched that final that final throw. He avoids pressure, and he's just trying to buy some time, right? But one of the biggest things he did in that throw, and, and Jay can probably break this down better than me, um, one of the biggest things he did on that throw was he looked off on Casey Washington. That brought Tyler Newbin mm-hmm. up. And those are the things Altmaier needs to learn. Um, but, like, kept him out. And, and Altmaier did it on the Tipper Iman touchdown. You know, he, he, he looked over at Isaiah Williams on the screen pass, threw it over the linebacker, but that drew the linebacker towards Isaiah Williams and got Tip Ryman wide open. So that was huge uh, for that first drive because it was third and eight at that point. And you're like, oh, you got to settle for a field goal after a fumble early. Um, but Paddock kept his eyes on him, and it got Newbin up a little bit, and he threw it over, and what a dart. Do we think he had that kind of arm strength on him? And, and he took a hit. Like He had pressure in his face, threw it sideways. I thought it was going to be a strip sack early yeah. on. I was like, oh, boy, that's how this is going to go. Absolute what a dime. Moment. Absolute dime, but All every three. part of that throw was was great uh, by, by John Paddock. So uh, I just want to give him a ton of credit for that throw because it was it was legendary, man. All three of his throws were lasers. I mean, all three of those to come in were just confident, like just beautiful, beautiful passes. Yeah. Uh, Sean, we have three backs with season-ending injuries. Minnesota feels your pain. We will need to get another back in the portal because we won't be able to get those guys 100% next year. Yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation. You're getting Khalil Valentine in. Uh, that'll matter. And you're not losing any running backs unless you lose one to the portal, right? That's right. Yeah. So I don't know if you need to add a portal guy unless you lose a guy. Because uh, I think I think Khalil Valentine's going to have a chance to play. But, yeah, season-ending injuries for running backs. I think Josh McCray, Brett Bielma said that's like a three-month thing, right? two-month thing. So I think he's going to be back for spring. Aiden Woffrey sounds like he'll be back for spring. How much they do during that. Uh, Jordan Anderson will obviously be out for spring. Yeah, the the concern you would have is there's kind of developing a history with with some of these guys. Josh McCray has had injuries in two of his three seasons. Aiden Woffrey even going back to high school. um, I do think you have to reasonably in your roster building approach consider those but at the same time like you can't have 10 running backs on scholarship yeah. either so it's a really it, it's a delicate balance there yeah and that's why walk-ons are important walk-on pro i mean jordan newbin shout out to that kid tyler You're newbin's good. little brother mm-hmm. i looked at you and said he's a nice little player man uh he, he had good vision Illinois was able to contain him um unlike michigan state last week but to have that guy is like your fifth or sixth guy is is really important doug I love Taz. He's a fantastic player, but is there something schematically happening that makes him susceptible to the long pass? Every team tries. I think Taz has been phenomenal as a cover guy. Um, you're going to get beat in man coverage every once in a while. I think him and Xavier Scott are great in man coverage. Get beat every once in a while, but those guys are going to bounce back. The teams are attacking Tyler Strain, Zach Toby. Today, Elijah McCantos got involved in that. Nicario Harper uh, is involved in that. I'm not worried about Taz Nicholson uh, and Xavier Scott. No, I'm not either. And, you know, you, again, like if you're trying deep, it's you probably see man. Maybe it's press man, and you got to see where Miles Scott's lined up back there. That's probably what it is. It's just kind of part of running a very heavy, aggressive man coverage scheme. Yeah. Fedigator, thanks for the $5 super chat, man. Great win. It's all about attitude from here on out. Also, Luke has got to learn to get rid of the ball, just like Paddock showed, to prevent injury. I'm glad I haven't seen a lot of it, Joey. I'm glad we're not seeing or I haven't seen yet. Like John Paddock has to start because um, Luke Altmaier has been 
pretty dang good. But there are certain things he needs to continue to get better at. But I do think he's gotten better at certain things. But that that mental clock is still got to be sped up a, a little bit more. Unless I don't think we should forget that John Paddock struggled earlier in the season when he came into certain games, got some yards in other games. But to have that guy behind him uh, that, that you can go to and have that kind of cojones uh, on fourth and 11 and guys bearing down on you with Isaiah Williams running that route, like uh, phenomenal. But uh, yeah, Luke's got some things he can learn. I think John Paddock's been been probably good for him. Yeah, and just I don't know if you've got it saved. I probably could have looked. But we've, I've seen a lot of people asking, is there a quarterback contra- No. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen it. No, I th- there's I don't not. Think so. No, you, yeah, the you question gotta, is the question is Luke Altmyer's health. Is uh, he ready for Indiana? Will he be yeah. physically able to play at Indiana? Otherwise, just maybe appreciate having a backup quarterback that you trust. Right? Like it's okay to do that. It's okay to appreciate a good backup. Sean Henry brought five every play at the end of the game. He's gotten more aggressive. He was aggressive against Wisconsin at the end of the game. He brought five and six a lot at that game. Uh, Patrick, give Aaron Henry his flowers for his play calling the last 50 seconds. Longer than 50 seconds, yeah. Last 30 minutes. Uh, Phenomenal. The the defense was great um, for almost the entire second half. So, yeah, those guys deserve a ton of flowers because, like, I mean, some of these plays, the Coleman sack, the – Johnny Newton sack, the Clayton Bush tackle for loss. They were just pass breakups on third down and man coverage. Xavier Scott had one. Taz Nicholson had one. Taz in run support uh, was was pretty good as well. So I, I thought those guys made some big plays. Yeah, he's been more aggressive, I think, than – like the end of halves is where I think he had been less aggressive. End of games, he's been more, more aggressive in, in those moments than he probably gets credit for. Mark, after seeing the impact of Newton in the second half, how important is it for Illinois to land a transfer defensive tackle? It's the number one need on the team. <laughs> the Regardless of what Johnny Newton did in the second half. Because <laughs> right. um, it, you're losing him uh, and Keith's potential loss. Um, we'll see if anybody else does, but you see how important Johnny Newton is and you need more guys to be good pass rushers in one-on-one situations and draw the defense and – we should know Gabe Back has played outside linebackers today. They, they had the five man front, the bare front. Uh, I understand that against Minnesota's offense, right? Like it's a physical running offense. I don't think you're worried about dropping into coverage all that much. You don't need a lot of linebackers. Uh, so they, they barely played any inside linebackers today. It's usually one on the field with five defensive backs. So I thought that was really good by Aaron Henry. It stopped the run game for the most part for Minnesota. But Gabe, I think eventually is a defensive lineman, makes sense just to get some talent at that position. But uh, Joey, they're going to offer a lot of JUCOs here. They were out and they're, they evaluated a lot of guys. They continue to evaluate. They're looking through the academics. There's more offers on the way on the JUCO front because I, I heard they really liked what they saw uh, when they got out on the road. So they're, they're going to add some defensive line help for sure. Yeah, they have to. They have to. And, and, you know, look, I understand if people would have hesitation hearing JUCO ranks because the class of 2023 – Junior college editions haven't necessarily played out. They, they just we haven't seen those guys make an impact on the especially field. the late editions, right? Like the late yes. editions. But if you look at the editions in twenty two that they prioritized around this time in the calendar year, moved aggressively to get look out who else offered some of these guys. You, Isaiah Adams, Zai Chrysler, like those. They, they see this as a market. They, they see right. it as an attainable market to get some of those uh, JUCO defensive tackles. Yeah. Okay, David, there it is. I'm starting to see these now, Joey. According to the AI analysis yeah. of the statistics, Paddock should start the next game. Comments. Uh, if Luke Altmaier is not healthy, John Paddock should start. If, if Luke Altmaier is healthy, I'm going with him. I have nothing more to add. I, I just 
I get it. I, I understand what John Paddock did today was wildly impressive, but this there's like a there's a huge sample size that, that these coaches have of of seeing these guys. Like, I get it. I understand that it was a huge moment, a big moment, but it's appreciated. Like it doesn't have to be a quarterback controversy. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think Luke has has done well. I think he's 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 the best quarterback in the Big Ten West, guys. I know that's a low bar, um, and. Listen, they see John Paddock. I saw, we saw we got to see a little bit of John Paddock play in scrimmages. He had an awesome moment. He had an awesome moment. And he might start next week because Luke Altmaier. So maybe he has another one. But uh, no, Luke Altmaier's your guy, and he's the guy you're going to have for the next two years. I think that's really important to, to point out. Like you're building around Luke Altmaier, and I think you should based on what he's shown you. Yeah, he's shown really good moments. Yeah, uh, offensive line play. Sean says is the answer. Yeah, offensive line play, and Caden Fagan helps. I mean, Caden Fagan when he gets hit, even Isaiah Williams said it. It should be a minus one yard loss, and he gets four yards. Like he helps that offensive line. But I do think having Caden Fagan, they've run a little bit more gap scheme, Joey, and that, I think that just allows the offensive line to just be physical and do what they do. And uh, they've played very well. So Zai Chrysler has played way better at right guard and healthy. Josh Geske played today, started today. I don't think he came off the field, right? I don't, I don't remember no, him. Coming I, I don't the remember them rotating linemen today. They went yeah. with their five and stayed on it. That was their five. Their five was healthy, and they've looked good. They've looked like a good offensive line. Not great, but a good offensive line. Uh, and I know Julian Pearl got beat. I know Isaiah Adams got beat on one. That happens. Uh, Minnesota's got some good defensive players, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's that position is settled down. You can go back and, and dissect should they have put all their eggs in, in Zy Chrysler at right tackle in the offseason. That's all fair to, to speculate, but given how bad it was early, they have, they've really leveled out and are looking more like what we thought they were going to look like. Not as good as we thought, yeah. but they are looking like a, a fine offensive line in the Big Ten. Dan Taylor, the paddock transfer was worth it for both parties just for today. That's right. Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, That's right. Anyone got, N- anyone got NIL money for John Paddock after today? <laughs> Um, how much was that performance worth for Illinois football? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. She gets no a minute for that one. Um, all right, we'll wrap up here. Brett, um, that's an instant classic Illinois history moment. I think a lot depends on how they follow it up, Joey. Because, you know, like yeah. the Wisconsin moment in 2019, they followed that up. They got a couple more wins, get to a bowl game, uh, including that Michigan State comeback. This is a great, great day. Now you got to turn it in and make it mean something. If that's what sparks a, a last quarter of the season run, yeah, yeah. you bet. Yeah. You better. Even if it gets you into a, you know, if you go three and one in the final four, you bet. That, that's I'm with you. Uh, Cat, where was Rosiak in this game? Doesn't look like he played today. Yeah, they rotated their inside linebackers a little bit, Joey. Odaluga played a lot early. Treat Barnes did. Rosiak played, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he played. So. He was healthy. They just they only played one inside linebacker because they ran that bear front, which is three down linemen and two outside linebackers, made famous by the 85 Bears. Just five guys, really stops the run. If you got a good secondary uh, and man coverage, um, they can do it. Uh, St. Dominic, happy today. Tell Paddock I got a rack for him. <laughs> Make it a super chat. We'll let him know, I promise. <laughs> That's right. Uh, pre- got anything else, Joey, before we get out of here? I don't. I just – it's really – it's crazy to me how how the tone of everything changed in a minute and a half. Like this pod was pretty much destined to go the other way. It was yeah. basketball starts on Monday. This was really, I mean, they were in dire straits. It's just a huge win. Can they follow it up? We haven't seen them win back-to-back games since last October. Can they follow it up against a beatable Indiana team and put themselves a game away from bowl eligibility? 
Yeah, don't let this be the, the Rutgers game, right? <laughs> From 2021. 20, you can go oh. back, right? Don't let it be Nebraska. Wisconsin, yeah, they didn't win before Nebraska. Like you just sustain something, build a little momentum. That's that's what you want to see this team do in the next three games. Uh, from Illini stats, John Paddock's passer rating versus Minnesota four forty eight. That seems pretty good. I would Is think. That good? Is that I good? Would, I mean, I don't understand how the numbers are made, but it sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Glad I called that guy. All right, for Joey Wider, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Atlanta Choir Podcast. Shout out to all our people on YouTube. More than 300 people watching this at one point. Uh, appreciate you guys. Hit, hit the like button on the way out. Uh, subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. Uh, appreciate all you guys who did super chats as well. Uh, that helps us out. And it's great for the support. Uh, and, and thank you to everybody uh, for letting us do this. Joey, I, I want to say that because you know coming on the road and covering these games, sometimes it could be a grind, grinded out for years of Illinois not winning these games. But to be here for these moments and we do it and we're able to do it because of you guys, uh, I just want to shout you guys out because this was a lot of fun. Like to be here for these moments, it's it's really cool. It's awesome. Like you, you don't ever want to take it for granted. And even these live chats, like after losses, they can get. I understand. But this really helps us like sort our thoughts out. Yeah. You guys present questions, and, and it makes us maybe think of something that had had gone overlooked. Like these, these are a lot of fun just to to interact with you guys. A plus, Sean. Was that Sean? Was that a super chat for us to get two more? <laughs> Review of the Juicy Lucy. <laughs> a uh, that, plus. Uh, Matt's bar. I, there's another bar that has them that we got to try. I, I guess. I guess there's a, a competition for. I will them. be walking to Lions. You saw those cheese sticks last night. Forget the Juicy good. Lucy. Uh, Juicy Lucy is an A burger at the very least. Um, I would probably go A plus. It's just so good. It's awesome. so good. I had some somewhere. I don't remember where. I was in Colorado or something. I thought, oh, I know this. And it was blue cheese in there. No. Huh. It's a real, real disappointment. That's not even a cheese. Blue cheese is not even a cheese. Why do they even call it cheese? It's we terrible. are so off track. I don't care. I tell them in the pod. Right across the border from Wisconsin. We need to ask those guys. Like, is this real cheese? <laughs> no. All right. Oh, We're getting so out of here. Everybody have a great day. No. Um, oh, God. Now I feel bad. What's that? Sean. Oh, Sean. Sean. Thanks, man. Dude. I was man, joking. Now $20 I feel kind of super bad. chat. I feel Thank bad. You. Brett said, Boo Cheese is the goat. All right. That's, that's enough. We're done. Yeah. Shout out to Sean, MVP of the chat. Sean, yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast.